Hey guys, Mark from the Strategic Student Ministry Network, and uh, we're coming back with another session from our table conference, and uh, this is Keith Hurt talking about uh, networking in student and youth ministry. Take a listen. A friend of mine, we've known each other for a long time. Um, He serves as youth pastor at Violet Baptist Church. And he is also um, the next-gen director for the State Convention of Baptists of Ohio, or in Ohio. I don't know. There's a lot of words in that title. Uh, but he has served faithfully in, in student ministry for a long time, and uh, and um, he's going to talk to us about networking. Thanks. I guess we're using the mic because other people are joining us digitally. And so that's the purpose there. Hey guys, I just wanted to um, share a little bit of, of my journey um, with you. I am a 51-year-old youth pastor, which is becoming more and more like a unicorn as we go on. Yeah, we've got some that might even be older than that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but the journey in youth ministry for me around 10 to 12 years ago took um, turned a corner. I had Students, uh, students, student leaders coming up to me asking questions, youth leaders coming up and saying, hey, can we get together and talk about stuff? I'm going through some stuff at my church. Would you mind getting together? So I would do that. I would meet with somebody on Monday. I'd hear what's going on, and, and we would talk and pray with them. And then I'd meet with somebody on Tuesday, and I'd say to the guy on Tuesday, I wish you could have heard what the guy yesterday was saying, because you guys are going through the exact same thing, and it would be great if we could find a way that we could get people together, because youth leaders, like Bobby was saying, we tend to do our own thing. This is my kingdom, and we don't want to hear from other people. We don't want to hear from God sometimes, but we don't want to hear from God through other people oftentimes. And so I thought, you know, what would happen if we just planned to get together for a bunch of youth leaders? And so I went through my email list, and I emailed all the youth pastors I know and youth leaders, and I went to um, Pizza Cottage in Pickerington, and they have a room that you can reserve. And I reserved the room, and I said, I'm going to pay for lunch um, if people want to come, and we'll just connect, um, just get to know each other and just connect all different denominations and that day, um, I learned a huge lesson, two lessons. Number one, um, if you buy pizza for youth leaders, they'll show up because they're broke and, and they like to eat pizza. But number two, and probably more importantly, they were hungry for more than just pizza. A lot of these guys and, and girls were, were by themselves, doing ministry by themselves, not having, feeling very isolated and very alone, not having people to run things by and, um, and just not having that accountability and that support um, that those of us in networks have, have come to find. And so we had our, our get-together. We had people on tables. I had a little packet on the table with just some questions um, that people could choose the one that was appropriate to what they were going through. And it was a great time, and then it was over. And I thought, you know, we need to do something else. We need to keep this going. And so long story short, for about the last decade, we've been uh, meeting once a month, um, first Thursday of every month at noon. Uh, we, we meet at a restaurant in Pickerington. We have all different people, denominations that show up, and it's just a great time. I always walk away encouraged from that. But what I want to do, I want to talk about this idea of networking. Are we truly better together or are we called to do the solo thing? And so I have eight questions for you to consider, and what we're going to do, we're going to build um, the eight questions out, and then when we're done, those eight questions will stay up there, and those will serve as what you guys will talk about around the table. So eight things to consider. The first one is a little on the philosophical side, the why. Why join a youth leader 
network? Why not just keep doing stuff by yourself? Um, one of the reasons I would say right off the bat is because most younger youth leaders feel unsupported. I have found that most younger youth leaders feel unsupported. What happens is you get a, a student, you know, I'm, um, I'm looking, you know, um, our, our worship leader this morning. Joey, yeah. So Joey led worship up here. Joey grew up in our youth, in this youth group here, and he is um, finding his gifts and, and has found his gifts and he's using them and he's serving. He has an amazing connection and discipleship with the youth pastor. Kids grow up in that context and think, oh, that's what it's going to be like when I get in ministry. My senior pastor, we're going to go out for coffee and he's going to mentor me and we're going to play golf together. I'm going to go to Top Golf and all this. It's going to be wonderful. And what happens is, there's been an empty youth pastor office, and they say, there's your office, here's my office, call me before you call 911, but other than that, you're down there and I'm down here, see you later. And these guys, these young student leaders are down there just feeling, what have I gotten myself into? This isn't at all what youth group was like for me. I didn't, I thought I was going to find support here, and they're left feeling very unsupported. The other reality I've realized is that um, someone outside of your church is typically a little more unbiased. Um, if you connect with somebody outside of your church, they don't really care. Not to be dishonest, not like they don't care, but they, they're not impressed with you. They don't have anything to prove. They're not on one of the big power struggles that's going on in your church. They're just there because they care. They don't care about all the other stuff. And so I found it's helpful to find people outside of your church that you can connect with. Um, for me, the idea of networking, it's basically when needs and, and resources come together. For me, networking is when needs and resources come together. And I love seeing that happen when we get together. I typically leave from our network meetings with one to two pages of notes, new ideas, new um, resources, new places to try, new games, new curriculum, new camps, all these different things. A lot of our, hey, you come up with some cool ideas. It's just stuff I've stolen from when other guys at our network meeting. Um, and so great resources, great X's and O's for ministry, but every once in a while, Networking takes on a whole different um, purpose. Uh, one of our last meetings, we were together um, at Roosters in Pickerington. We've been going to Roosters in Pickerington. And it was a typical meeting. We were all there kind of hanging out, talking, and it was going well. Somebody uh, walked by our table and said, hey, I didn't see you were here. My friend is over here. Go say hi to my friend. I go say hi to his friend, and I'm sitting here talking to this kid kid that was in my youth group years ago, he's sitting across from an older man. He introduces me to the older man, and I hear this guy's name, and I hadn't heard that name in about 40 years. This guy was one of my brother's best friends, and um, when he said his name, all these emotions come flooding back. Uh, my brother has been, uh, was sentenced to 22 years in prison, and my brother has a very, the number of friends that he's had in his life, you can count on about one hand. And this guy sitting here was one of these, my brother's friends, and he had no idea what had happened. And um, as I'm kind of sharing with him, you know, a little bit of the journey, staring at this guy who was one of my brother's friends, the, the emotions are coming back, and it just kind of triggered some stuff in me. And um, I was abused by my brother, and that's been part of my journey. All that's flooding back to me, and I sit back in my seat at Roosters, and I'm sitting back with the guys there, 
And they're like, are you okay? And I said, well, here, I just saw this guy I haven't seen in 40 years, and it just brought back a lot of... And those guys, a couple of them are here, around that table, they poured into me for like the next hour. We were way past our time. We started at noon. It was pushing 2 o'clock. They just kept pouring into me and, and um, clarifying more questions and, 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 and asking and caring um, and pulling out of me what, what I was experiencing, what I was feeling. And I walked away from that, not with lists of stuff. I walked away from that having been impacted by brothers and sisters in Christ who just loved on me. And I was like, this is what it's all about. This is, we're doing life together. We are better together. So for me, why join a youth leader network? In my estimation, we're better together. We're not meant to do this thing alone. So that was the first one. The next seven are going to go a little quicker, and they're going to be more practical on the practical side of things. Now, as I go through these, some of you guys are already in a youth leader network, and these questions will help you kind of fine-tune, hey, what is... Do we have the best setup for our current network? Other people, maybe you're not in one, and maybe some of these things, maybe God will lead you to leave here and to start one, just with a couple people in your area. All right, a couple um, practical questions. Number two, who's the gatekeeper? Who is the gatekeeper of your network? Which means that decision-making is going to fall to that person. Not like a dictator, but somebody who will be able to make sure that they're handling the decisions that need to be made. Um, then also communication. Communication, I would say, as you guys know as youth leaders, is one of the reasons why some events don't fly. Other events aren't meant to fly. But sometimes somebody plans something and, and they're disappointed. And, well, I didn't, you know, how many different ways did you communicate it? You know, the goal is to get as close to seven as you can, seven different ways that you're communicating an event. And sometimes, you know, people don't do that. And so as the gatekeeper, if it's you making sure um, that you are, you're letting people know uh, whatever means that is, that people are aware of what's going on. All right. So um, third question there for Youth Leader Networks is, will your network be composed of one denomination or multiple denominations? Um, I've been a part of both. The same single denomination groups are nice in that you have um, shared presuppositions theologically. You know where everybody stand, um, where, where everybody stands on those types of things. Um, there's a shared cultural experience. We're all part of the same camp. We've got the same flag flying out out front, and so we're all you know this is us against the world kind of our team kind of deal. And so there's some value there. Um, on the other side. If your network involves, like around the tables today, we have several different denominations, I think the beauty in that is that's a picture of the kingdom. That's what the kingdom of, of, of God is all about. And so, um, but with bringing everybody together, um, it can be important to have some ground rules. What are some rules of engagement as we interact with each other? Um, and then, um, especially if you're going to take your group and launch into some type of student event. And so I'm sitting here, you know, Eric Kitchen is here, and through the years we've been a part of two different student events that have, have come out of, our, out of our network, and we've decided that it would be really helpful, especially as we're gathering students, we're having someone teaching, we're having worship, that we have some agreed-upon doctrinal um, statements, um, just kind of first-order doctrinal stuff that we all agree upon. It's all about... You know, Jesus lo loving God, and, and so we're, we're not going to get into some of the auxiliary stuff, um, you know, from the front. But 
to be honest, that's where it kind of gets fun is when you kind of interact with some of the people from different, different denominations. And, you know, I, my, my friend, um, friend from the Nazarene church, I said, oh, since I saw you last week, have you lost your salvation yet? Are you still, are you still okay? And then, you know, I interpret the guy from the, the Assembly of God church. I'll interpret his tongues and we have fun with it. But, um, but it's important that you major on the majors, which is Jesus and impacting students. All right, next question for you. Number four, how often do you meet? Um, our, we started into monthly. We just meet once a month, and that has been a good rhythm for our group. Um, I've connected with, um, the, there's a group that meets up in Cleveland, and they were going quarterly. They went once um, a quarter, and they would have a big shindig. Like, they'd have 100 people. They'd bring in speakers. They'd have people sponsor. They'd have food. They'd have a, they'd have a topic, and they'd have somebody from this seminary and somebody, the experts, and come in. And, and it was really a valuable thing for getting information. But I think what they're finding is that frequency wasn't enough to be able to maintain those relationships that you're looking to get um, from a network. And so we've, we've gone with monthly. If you could pull off even more frequent every two weeks or whatever, um, you're going to be even better for it, you know, the more frequent you guys can get together. All right, number five, the location. Where do you meet? And I put two options on here. You might come up with a third option, um, a park or something even more creative than that. But for our group, <clears throat> we... Um, we just chose a restaurant, and I chose a restaurant for a couple reasons. Um, because it's casual, um, because we don't have to worry about providing food, everybody can take care of their own food, but also um, so that we didn't have to worry about the denominational drama. Oh, there's, I'm not going to that Nazarene church or that Presbyterian church or that Methodist. They want us to go to the Lutheran church? Or, you know, whatever it is. We don't have to worry about that. We're all just, it's, it's a kingdom thing. We're all just, you know, Christ followers and servants of Christ, and we're eating lunch together, and we don't have to worry about that. You'd like to think that that's not a thing, but that's a thing. When our Methodist female leader invited two Catholic female ladies to come to our, some people, oh, that's a little out of the comfort zone for us. And, but, but, so if it's, if it's kingdom, it's going to be kingdom. And, my finding, in my context, that's been easier to do um, at a restaurant than it is at somebody's church with a label out front that somebody might have a preconceived notion about. The other thing that's been cool about the restaurant is we used to bounce around to different restaurants just to keep it um, fresh, I guess. We've settled in on one, which has been great for consistency, but also um, we're seeing the same staff. We're seeing the same manager, and they know this is a group of youth pastors here, and they tip us pretty well, and they clean up after they put all the tables back and do all. And so I believe we're, we're um, helping the cause of Christ by, by building a connection with people at that same, at that same restaurant. Um, the other option, I've been to some groups that are in churches, kind of like what we are now. We come to a church, we all come together. Um, one of the questions you'd have to decide if you do that is which church? Um, which church do you want to go to? Um, not only the label out front, but the size. 
As I've connected with the guys at the National Network of Youth Ministry, that's what they do full-time. They set up youth networks of, of youth pastors across the country. And I was talking to them. They said they prefer going to, if you're going to go to a church, go to one of the smaller churches in your network. Because if you come into the big palace, and there's this, you know, Eric and I were just at this church in, in Atlanta that, Oh my goodness, it's like this whole city. I mean, it's amazing. Literally, they have everything in, the, in this church, and it's incredible. Um, you could walk, I don't know, it seems like a mile inside that church. And you go to something like that, and you look around, and you're like, ooh, wow, I thought I was doing okay, and my situation kind of stinks now, and my church is not, you know. And so what they recommend, if you're going to go to a church, go to one of the smaller churches um, in your group. And then when you're at the church, another question you have to decide is who's going to provide food. At a restaurant, everybody kind of gets their own thing. If you're going to a church, um, are you hosting? Um, as the host, are you providing food or are people bringing their own? So that leads us to number six, who provides food. If, if your network meeting is a meal, if you're around a meal, a um, couple different options. Sometimes the sponsors or the speakers will provide lunch. Um, I went to a conference and we had people from different um, different denominational um, groups and um, some parachurch organizations. They provided the speaker, they provided the lunch. Um, so, so that's the way some choose to do it. Others, you're just on your own. Um, I know I've been to a couple where, hey, my church is hosting, but we don't have food, so you feel free to bring your own lunch. So you pull through somewhere and grab your own lunch. Um, Little things, but important things to nail down. All right, last two. Uh, number seven, will your network gatherings be topic-focused or organic? Topic-focused or organic? And I would say um, both are great. Um, I think it's important to be flexible. So what we've done is sometimes we'll send out um, like a, a blog to kind of get conversation going. And we might get to that blog, or we might not. Um, sometimes we will just kind of let it go and see what's going on. We want people to be able to come to our network meetings with a burden. Hey, this is going on in my family. This is going on in my marriage. This is going on in my, my youth ministry. This is my senior pastor has been treating me this way, and I need to talk. And yeah, you got a great discussion planned about whatever, but this is what's going on in my heart right now. And I remember a couple months ago, it was, it was last year, we gathered at the Roosters there in Pickerington, and we had something planned to discuss. About two hours earlier, there was a school shooting at one of the junior highs in Pickerington. Obviously, that those plans changed because everybody is involved in student ministry. And I had a student that was right down the hall and dove under the table when he heard the gunshot. And, um, and so... Having the flexibility to be able to go where the needs are around your table. And so one of the things that we've done in the organic, if we were meeting at Brewster's, this would be, it'd be tables like this. We wouldn't necessarily put everybody all together and expect everybody to have that same conversation because, you know, as you, as you talk, hey, how are things going? What's going well for you? Where are you struggling? Then, you guys might be in a total different conversation than we are over here, but you need what you're at, and we need where we're at. And so we found the organic has been helpful, but also helpful to provide some structure. Some people get into, like, book studies. You got all this homework to do before you come to, you know. That's not been effective for us. Maybe that is um, in your context. All right, number eight 
is speaker or discussion driven or both. And so, um, as I mentioned, I've been at some where there's the sage on the stage, like Mark mentioned. He's the guy who's been around, has expertise, he's written the book, and he's been recognized. We're going to come and we're going to learn from him or her. And then hopefully after that, there's some time to interact like we're getting ready to do here in a, in a minute. Um, and then other times it's just been, um, it's been discussion driven. And so there's a topic and that's the way I prefer, even on teaching on Sunday morning. If I'm given 45 minutes to teach, I'm probably going to teach about 20 to 25 minutes. Then I'm going to get students in groups because I feel like as you are interacting and talking, you're processing the material on a deeper level, you're owning it. And there's more stick to itness. You know what I mean? The, the word sticks with you a little longer if you're not just sitting there listening to somebody lecture. And so having said that, I'm going to stop lecturing. So what I want to encourage you guys to do, um, Mark will come up when our, when our time is done. But as you process these questions, some of you are not in a, a youth leader network right now. Um, what would be the motivation for you? What would you want to get out of that? What are some needs that you feel like are just not being met inside my individual local church, but I might find these things at a youth leader network? And then all these practical things, some of you um, are in a network and you can kind of, hey, here's what works for us, but others, you haven't started one yet, and you kind of um, look forward a little bit. If I were to start a youth leader network in my, in my community which would be best? Would it be better at a restaurant? Would it be better at a church? Would it be better to be topic-driven? Would it be better to bring speakers in? Or do, you, do we think we're ready to just kind of go organically? So I just want to encourage you around your table to work through these eight questions, and then Pastor Mark will come up and take us from there. Go for it. Well, we hope you enjoyed this session from the Table Conference. It's our yearly gathering uh, where we just get around the table and we want to um, network with each other and encourage each other, uh, hear each other's uh, burdens and, and joys, and uh, just celebrate ministry and celebrate what God's doing in each and every one of our churches uh, through student ministry. Uh, if there's any information that you need from us, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, uh, the Strategic Student Ministry uh, Facebook page, and you can find us there. And of course, we also always encourage you to, uh, if you if you like this podcast, to, to like it, share it, comment, uh, help us out, get the word out, and we really appreciate it. You guys have a great day, and we'll see you soon.